The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help chief marketing officers in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Two W2 Group companies, Digital Influence Group and RacePoint Group, are leaders in social media marketing in both paid and unpaid media. Today, we'll be talking about search marketing and much more with Bill Tanser, the general manager of global research at Hitwise an online competitive intelligence company where he analyzes search data to provide insight into online consumer behavior. A frequent guest on CNBC, Bill has been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, the Washington Post, and USA Today on topics ranging from the state of e-commerce to predicting American Idol winners using search term research. Bill writes a weekly column for Time Magazine, time.com, called The Science of Search. Bill is also an author of Click, great book, by the way, uh, What Millions of People Are Doing Online and Why It Matters. In Click, Bill analyzes trends and patterns and search queries to reveal the truth about consumer behavior and to help online marketers better understand their customers. You can connect with Bill on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Bill Tancer, T-A-N-C-E-R. And Bill, welcome to Market Edge. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Larry. Hey, first question. Why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about Hitwise? I mean, I'm very familiar with it, and uh, I mean, you guys have obviously been around and leading for a while, but both you know, what Hitwise does and then what your role as sort of the general manager of global research uh, entails. Absolutely. So Hitwise is now an experienced company, and we position ourselves as an online competitive intelligence tool. And essentially what we do is we monitor the largest sample of Internet users in the world. In the U.S., for example, we collect data on a sample of 10 million uh, Internet users. With such a big sample, uh, it gives us information on over a million different websites, and we put those million websites into 174 different industry categories, categories ranging from lifestyle dating to shopping and classifieds, uh, apparel, for example. We also provide information on search behaviors. So we look at, in any given week, uh, over 5 million different search terms that also we can categorize by those 174 different industry categories or even down to uh, one of the million websites that we track. Altogether, that information gives our clients the insight that they need to make smarter decisions about not only their online marketing uh, programs but also their offline marketing programs. I uh, function as the uh, general manager of global research for Experian Marketing Services, and essentially I've got the best job in the world. I get to play with all this data and find interesting uh, stories to tell the world about. 
Hey, that's cool. Hey, uh, before I continue the questions, I just I, I I've been meaning to ask you this. I, I woke up last night thinking, you know, is there a number one search term? Is there like one term that just keeps coming back all the time? Yes. Yes, and, and that number one it? search term, uh, at least for the last uh, six or seven months, has been the term Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, if you were to ask me that question about a year and a half ago, I would have told you the number one search term was MySpace. Uh. And, you know, a very interesting thing, Larry, if you look at the top hundred uh, search terms that we track every, uh, every week, and we did an analysis a few months ago, and I, I think I looked at this again uh, not but a few weeks ago, but of that top hundred, 98 of them are either brand or navigational terms. So someone typing in Facebook or Yahoo, or www.yahoo.com, or www.facebook.com. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting. One, one of the things I found most fascinating in my career is looking at search terms by search engine. If I look at Google, uh, you'll never guess what the 13th most popular search term on Google was. Uh, Google. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I'm a little puzzled. I can understand some people might be looking up uh, financial information on Google on Google but it just seems kind of funny to me that people will be Googling Google. Well, it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, I talk a lot to my clients in, in, in my books about uh, the concept of digital destinations. That's what everybody's They're trying to get someplace digitally. So it sounds like the top 100 terms are to get to a destination. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. And, you know, at first I had a theory about this, that, you know, when we look at all of those navigational terms in search, my first hypothesis was that this was um, uh, these were search terms that were being entered by unsophisticated searchers, but I since have changed that hypothesis because I, I've uh, over talking and doing keynotes, I've talked to a number of uh, of internet users in my guerrilla market research, and a lot of people tell me that it's just more convenient to type where you want to go into a Google search box than it is to move your arm a little bit with your mouse and go up to the URL bar that search engines serve really two functions. One's to find information, but they're also just a navigational aid that helps you get to a website very quickly with the fewest mouse clicks as possible. So the users are obviously increasingly more sophisticated, as you insinuate. How do you recommend marketers, because we have a lot of marketers out in our audience uh, today, how do m marketers leverage this just immense amount of data around search habits? Well, I think the first thing that you have to do, and I found this in working with our own clients, is that you have to open up your mind to looking towards external data to figure out how consumers behave online, more specifically how they search. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a client meeting and I've asked them about how they structure their search marketing campaign, and a lot of it comes from what I call faith-based marketing, that I just think I know how my customers search. When you look towards external data, like Hitwise data, it's often an eye-opener to see that uh, there's new terms that have popped up that we never realized uh, consumers were using, or uh, consumers have been using a totally different term uh, than, um, than we thought they might uh, have used. I remember going to a leading online game publisher uh, and having a meeting with them. And I looked at their search term marketing and asked them what they were getting most of their traffic on, and they said it was the term cheats. 
and uh, seemed to make sense. That's a popular term in online gaming, people looking for how to get through a game as quick as possible. And I had opened up our category of online game sites, and I looked at the top search term that we were showing to these publisher sites, and what I found was the top term was the term walkthrough. And they kind of scoffed at that, but then when they saw the data and the amount of search terms that are happening on the Internet around walkthroughs, uh, it, was, it was amazing to them. Their own corporate culture, they talked about cheats. They never used the term walkthrough, but when they opened up their mind to the data, uh, it really gave them uh, the insight they needed to get a lot more traffic to their website. Uh, as a starting point, I think using uh, competitive intelligence tools like Hitwise uh, is a great way to go. Also, just looking at your own site-centric data, your bid management tools to see uh, what you're capturing uh, is another great suggestion. And then there are also a lot of free tools that you can use. So just going to sites like Google Trends, you can get a lot of this external information to help structure your search program based on people, how people actually search, not how you believe they search. Following that thread a bit, um, Bill, do you have any other, you know, some, some examples in your work of companies or brands that are, that are using search marketing in a really compelling way? You know, one of my favorite examples of a, a compelling uh, sort of a, a holistic search approach is I was working with a brand. And they were trying to uh, change their brand attributes or what people associated with their brand. And this is another publisher uh, that's known for, uh, for among other things, uh, gardening tips that they provide. But also they're known for, for recipes, um, for, um, for uh, a lot of different household tips. And they wanted to actually increase their brand association with gardening uh, because they, they just didn't feel that people were associating them with that area of the business. So what they did is that, you know, in addition to doing normal brand advertising to increase their association with gardening, they started to change their list copy of their, um, their paid search campaign to reinforce this message. So whenever someone searched on their brand, they reinforced it with the gardening side of their business. And when people searched on gardening, they wanted to buy the key terms to then be associated with uh, the fact that they provided gardening information and then tracked the performance of that uh, based on our data. So they looked back you know, after doing this for, for six months plus and, and looked at, in our data, when people searched on their brand, did they also search on gardening and how did that change over the six months? And they found that they had actually increased that brand association. So I, you know, I think that's a pretty innovative way. Rather than just thinking of search as an acquisition channel of getting traffic to your site, they thought of it as a, as a, a branding opportunity. And leveraging all the data that's out there, they found that they could actually do some measurement on that brand association and found that it worked. Wow, that's great. Fascinating. Hey, have you seen any major differences in the ways uh, potential customers for a B2B company versus a B2C company searches the web? That's a great question. Uh, we have looked at that a bit. Uh, it really depends on the industry that we're talking about when we're talking about that B2B business. That I can think of in some cases you, um, you have more sophisticated search patterns in technology B2B, for example, uh, you know, we could measure things like words per query, and I, I'm pretty confident we would show a, 
a larger or more words per query for uh, a technical B2B um, industry category versus looking at just consumer B2B. So I would say words per query would be probably the, the first thing to look at, and that might change your strategy in, uh, in broad match uh, terms versus trying to go to specific match because you're going to have to cast a, a bit of a wider net to, um, to get to the long tail of all of those long word queries. Which, you know, you mentioned sort of, uh, you know, technology, but I'd be interested in which industries you think are most successful in leveraging search data. I've noticed that when I gave a talk out of Google in Detroit, which is one of their biggest offices, which is interesting in its own right, uh, I, I was sort of stunned that the automotive industry, which was the big biggest spender of traditional advertising just five years ago is now like number six or seven in traditional advertising spend and is huge in, 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 in buying keywords. Um, you know, comment on the automotive industry and then other industries you see, um, you know, really aggressively using search. Yeah, you know, I, ta- I talked at a Google automotive event also this, just this last year and I found the same thing that they're actually quite sophisticated in uh, their search term programs and also the way that they were thinking about search. And uh, in specific, they were thinking about what I preach about a lot, which is don't just think about search terms as a way to get, a way to get traffic to your site. Think about the insight that those search terms can provide to your marketing. Uh, I'd say over the last year, the other industry that really has uh, – has has woken up. It's kind of the, the sleeping giant, or the the big brand CPG companies are really opening their eyes to all of the insight that is possible by looking at um, at search term behavior and also just online behavior, and what uh, what they can glean from that and how they can um, they can improve their brand marketing by um, by looking how people actually behave online. Uh, beyond that, of course, online retailers have, uh, in my experience, been the most sophisticated uh, because the search, their, their search programs are their bread and butter. It's the main source of getting traffic, so they tend to be the most sophisticated in, uh, in, in using search to get traffic to their site. We're going to take a short commercial break right now. But everybody, please stand by. We'll be right back with Bill Tanser, the General Manager of Global Research at Hitwise, and author of the very popular Click, What Millions of People Are Doing Online and Why It Matters, when we come back with Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Every affiliate marketer wants to build their own empire. Lavish trips, new cars, fancy threads. You know, be the talk of the town. That's why I found my empire with Empire Media. They work around the clock to customize my campaign. They have the connections, the clout, and the custom offers to monetize my website at every move. My website is measured and monetized to the max thanks to Empire Media. Look up EmpireMedia.com, E-M-P-Y-R-E-Media.com, and find out how fulfilling full-service affiliate marketing can be. Empire Media, reign over your competition. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. 
With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching! How to run an online business that pays and pays. I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's k a c h i n g book.com. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel only on webmasterradio.fm. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Bill Tanser, General Manager of Global Research at Hitwise and author of the popular Click. What millions of people are doing online and why it matters. Hey, Bill. Before I forget, I wanted to ask you about you know everybody's talking mobile, mobile, mobile these days. Yet I don't think I'm doing much search on my BlackBerry.、Um, maybe I'm an anomaly. Comment on the future of mobile search. Well, yeah. You know, we, we've been talking about mobile for years. I've been involved in the internet since、uh, since the mid '90s. And even back then, going into the late '90s, we were talking about WAP, and every year it was going to be the year of mobile. I think with、uh, Android phones and iPhones, we really have arrived at,、uh, at where mobile is a significant player in our online lives. In terms of search,、uh, we don't yet report on searches on mobile devices, although. Uh, from other sources I've looked at,、uh, my guess is that you're seeing a lot of、um, local-based searches on mobile phones as people are trying to use their phone as a navigational aid when they're out and about,、um, and also a lot of those navigational searches that we talked about, those simple searches in terms of internet navigation of looking for a website really quickly by going to、uh, to Google or, or another search engine within the mobile device to get the content quickly. Hey, let's turn our attention to、uh, your book, which、uh, I enjoyed very much, and I encourage our audience to go pick up Click.、Uh, what millions of people are doing online and why it matters. First,、uh, tell us about the book and why you wrote it, and then maybe、uh, what were some of the most interesting insights you discovered when、uh, when you were writing it and analyzing the consumer search data that that became some of the content for Click. Sure, sure. So. Uh, I started at、uh, at Hitwise back in、uh, January of nineteen. I mean, I'm sorry, two thousand four. January of two thousand four, and、uh, I had this this wonderful job from the very beginning of just、uh, having the opportunity to dive into this mass massive data set of internet behavior and search behavior and find interesting stories that I could go out and tell people about. And so I think it was two thousand five that I started. Uh, to write、uh, our I Love Data blog, and、um, I just found these really fascinating stories. I remember one of the first ones that I had stumbled upon, which I wrote about in the book, was how people search
for dieting information online. Uh, we looked at our search term behavior, and as you'd expect, the peak for searches on online dieting happens the 1st of January every single year, without fail. Uh, if you were to go to January 1st, I can tell you it would be the uh, high point for the year, and that's been true over the last six years. What I found more fascinating, though, was that if I looked at year-over-year behavior every single year, that um, search pattern on diets peaked on the 1st, but that peak only lasts to the 4th of January. And the volume of searches on diets uh, halves on the 4th going into the 5th of January, every single year. To me, it was fascinating to see this repeating pattern. It, it, it told me that there's some sort of common thread that's running through all of us and that this search behavior really is uh, a looking glass into what makes us tick. And so we started to collect more and more of these, uh, these stories uh, from the data that, that really painted a picture about what drives us, what, uh, you know, given an external event, how does our search behavior change. Maybe we can even predict something from our search behavior. Maybe we can predict reality television shows, which was uh, an exercise that I engaged in and after a few big stumbles uh, ended up being very successful at being able to, to determine who's going to win uh, Dancing with the Stars or American Idol. Hey, do you have any plans on uh, writing a new book anytime? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm actually kicking around a couple of ideas. Uh, I'm very interested in the explosion of information online and how we're dealing with it uh, as a society. If you look at the amount of information that's available to us, uh, you know, starting with with the web years and years ago, but now to the point where we have this long tail of information that's living in areas like consumer generated reviews. Uh, I'm I'm uh, been uh, kicking around some ideas about how we can analyze that data in the long tail to really uh, get more granular and really understand what makes us tick. Gee, you know, that that's going to be interesting. We had Clay Sharkey on the show uh, a few weeks back, and he, he sort of predicted that almost every 18 months, just like, you know, Moore's Law with the integrated circuit, that the the internet the web is going to double in the data that that, uh, that is on it. I mean, how are we going to swim through all that, Bill? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And one of the things I've been talking about uh, as I've I've been uh, out on the speaking circuit talking about Click is that with this explosion of information, the existing algorithms that we have from search engines eventually will break. And if you think about the 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 state of art of, of search algorithms. They're about relevancy, but also authority. And when we get into this long tail of data or the deep web of data, a lot of the content uh, isn't linked. So how do we surface those little nuggets within that long tail that actually matter to us if we don't have half of today's algorithm really working for us? And uh, I, I think the, the key there is that it's, it's perspective, that when I want information, when I'm thinking about going to... Uh, to a hotel in Hawaii and I'm researching my vacation. It used to be enough for me to just find all the reviews and now surf through the reviews to figure out if this is the hotel I want to stay at. But now there's so many reviews, I need to find somebody that has the same perspective on hotels that I do to figure out if this hotel is the one I want to stay at. Now, an example of that is that, um, I think I talked about this in my, my book, uh, I, I've watched my wife search for hotels online and she comes up with that same problem, and she actually manually solves the problem by triangulating to 
the right review. She'll look at the reviews on TripAdvisor, for example, and she will find somebody who stayed at a hotel that we've stayed at that's reviewed the hotel we're interested in staying at, and she won't take that uh, that review as um, as an authority until we find um, similarity and viewpoints on existing hotels that we've both stayed at. And I think that might be the future of the Internet, that uh, at some point we'll have to add perspective as the third element in the algorithm to help us surf through all this vast amount of information. You know, it's funny you bring up TripAdvisor. We've, you know, had uh, the founder of TripAdvisor on the show. He's a good friend up here in uh in Boston, and you know, I, I sort of claim that he was the pioneer in what I would call social search. Is that going too far to sort of label it as you know, the evolution of search is is going to become far more social, and and you know, you're going to depend on certain smaller circles of, for validation of decisions, purchase decisions you want to, might want to make. And add to that question, Bill, why hasn't a company like Facebook or a group like Facebook really perfected social search or whatever we want to call it because it seems like such a natural. Yeah, I don't think it's going too far at all. And I think the challenge for all of us has been um, in in finding ways to build perspective into search algorithms, the search engine is going to have to understand a little bit about ourselves. And embedded in that uh, that one element is the privacy question. Just how much information are we willing to share with uh, with Google or with Facebook to get to that very specific information that matches our perspective? I think the technology exists today to link up a Facebook Connect with a Google search uh, algorithm to then do that. You know, when I search on Four Seasons uh, from my postings on Facebook the search engine might be smart enough to know that I'm not a classical music fan. I'm not looking for Vivaldi. I am looking for resorts because I've posted about staying at a Four Seasons before. And then uh, the search engine is a little bit smarter in the uh, results that it surfaces for me based on my uh, what, it, what it knows about me and my past online behavior. But again, it's, it's that privacy concern that I think that's kept companies from going all the way to that solution of, of social search. The, the other attempts that, that have tried to solve social search um, that haven't been successful have required the, the end user to do a lot, to form that social circle to, uh, to help refine search results. And I think that's the other challenge is that we are an instant gratification society. We don't want to do much work when it comes to search. We've been conditioned by Google in that clean interface in that single search box on their, on their search page to just go in get the information I need and get out. So uh, those solutions that require us to do a lot of work to build that social uh, circle to refine our search results probably won't be successful. It's going to have to be something in the background uh, that, uh, once we get over our concerns about privacy, will help us find uh, that information that matches our perspective. Bill, do you see any startup companies that possibly could explode in a in the search category uh, much like Google did I mean you know to frame the question a little maybe differently you know we saw Microsoft explode in the application software then it sort of plateaued and you know open source happened etc and you know it, it, you know Facebook you know comes out of nowhere you know in your you know 
wanderings about the last few months. Have you seen any companies that might potentially, or is Google just is is the game over there? You know, I, I've I've been quoted as saying game over in the past, but uh, in tracking sites over the last six years and seeing a site go from from zero to dominating a category within a matter of weeks, I never say never anymore. Uh, that being said, uh, I haven't seen anything in search that I think can deliver on this. I, my guess, if I were to make a, an educated guess on who's going to come up with this, this next algorithm, it, it's going to be somebody that has the social network that can also provide that main search experience. And I think in that space, you're talking mostly about Google and their efforts to reinvigorate their social program to inform search, or Facebook, who's got that network that would just need to either partner or provide their own search experience to give the social information behind the search. Or maybe even a LinkedIn from a professional point of view. Absolutely. If we talk about niche, then there, there's all sorts of opportunities. That was, and that's one of the big trends that we've, we've been seeing in our data is the... Um, the surge in a lot of niche social networks, that Facebook continues to be the number one site that we track. Uh, but we do see in, uh, in segmenting our, our sample for early adopters, we see that there's a big interest in going to a social network that's built around a specific purpose. Uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there. LinkedIn is a big example. Um, some other examples uh, would be social networks like Fixia, which is a network that's de dedicated to helping you fix things got all the user manuals you could you could ever want that people supply on the network and uh, people also weigh in on how to fix specific problems with not just gadgets but everything from uh, a dishwasher to a kitchen appliance um, and I, hey, I think we only have a few minutes left but I got to ask you a sort of off the wall question I'm, I'm, it's probably a simple answer I a couple of years ago I was uh, helping my oldest daughter search you know for colleges and She's all happy at her one now. But one thing that really bothered me was, you know, I, I go on these very sophisticated university sites, and they all have a search, you know, bar. And I would ask a simple question, uh, board of trustees. And I, not once, Bill, did I ever just get the simple answer of the list of the board of trustees. I would get anything from a news release on somebody that joined a board four years ago to, I mean, it was just all over the map. Why is that? Is it a maintenance issue? It's a maintenance issue. It's, uh, it's probably a legacy issue, I would think, primarily, that some of these websites implemented their own intrasite search years ago and haven't, uh, haven't, Taken that technology to the state of art, uh, you know it's it's possible to uh, to use Google Intrasite search within your own site to surface up better results. Uh, but you know, some people have just been stuck with that legacy search that they implemented years and years ago. Well, hopefully they'll all get a little better. Hey, uh, last question I always like to ask. Uh, it, you know, besides your own writing and, and your own book, Click. Uh, have you read any good books that you'd like to share with our audience and or any new sites, uh, web destinations that you've found particularly fun, even if they don't have anything to do with search? <laughs> yeah, in terms of, uh, of reading, I, I read across the gamut, so I'm a big fiction and nonfiction uh, reader. Uh, over the last uh, couple of years, the, the books that have probably been most influential in my thinking have been uh, Nassim Taleb's Black Swan, 
and the book also fooled by randomness, which is kind of strange for me because his his outlook on on data is that you can't predict anything, which you know, is a little depressing. But I do like his take on some of the challenges that we face when we analyze data. Of course, big fan of uh, the guys at Freakonomics and their new book, Super Freakonomics, uh, and also um, uh, Dan O'Reilly and his books on uh, on behavioral economics have been uh, key for me. In terms of websites that uh, that I've been looking at, I, I again, I'm, I'm driven by data, so I've been looking through our data set to see websites that have been surging, and, and just within the last few weeks, I've been focused on social buying sites and how that's changing the online retail landscape. So group couponing sites like uh, like Groupon and uh, Buy With Me and Living Social, as well as the flash sale sites like Gilt and Ideally and Rulala. And uh, you know, just a, uh, an interesting tidbit, a lot of people who think of those sites think that they're uh, being visited by 25 to 34-year-olds, technology is elite, uh, really savvy Internet users. We look to our data, and while that was true about six months ago, the primary demographic in terms of age of visitors to the sites, 55-plus. Things change very quickly online, and it's just another example of why you need to arm yourself with external data to really understand your market. I think that is... Uh you're right on and fascinating. You know, it's funny. People ask me all the time, what's the next big thing? You know, social media was sort of mid, mid-decade. And I say it's digital couponing and social buying. And they look at me like, well, that sounds boring. But, you know, hey, it's, I think it's going to be huge. So, I think you're right. Bill Cancer, General Manager of Global Research at Hitwise and author of the very popular Click what millions of people are doing online and why it matters. Thanks for being on Market Edge today. Thanks, Larry. And thanks, everybody in the audience, for listening to today's conversation. Do visit us at webmasterradio.fm at noon Eastern time on any Tuesday to tune into these new episodes of Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.